everybody. No huddle show here with Matt Lombardo. We are at Lambeau Field, the site of the Eagles' loss to the Green Bay Packers. Matt, how's it feel, man? About your first time at Lambeau. This is my third time, but I mean, how about you? It's pretty incredible. I said yeah. to you on the drive-in, just as we were approaching Lombardi Way, that you could tell this is a cathedral to football, inside mm -hmm. and out. And just the way that this stadium springs up out of a neighborhood, and you have houses on one side, and strip malls, and gas stations, and sports bars, and you walk in, and you just feel the history immersing around you of the NFL and the Green Bay Packers. But a lot to like about the Eagles well, tonight, I was going to say, it, it might be a football cathedral to you, but tonight the Eagles did not did not do the Packers' history any justice here. They did not look very good, in my opinion. No, a couple things really stood out on the positive side of the ledger, okay. but I think there are a lot of question marks that we came into this game that might have resolved themselves a little bit. Mm -hmm. And as I wrote right after the game, I think some new problems kind yeah. of showed themselves, particularly at the running back position, but we have a lot to get into well, tonight that's the for sure. Thing, the interesting thing about preseason is, on one hand, the starters for on offense only played you know 12 or 10 plays, I think, and there was a lot to like there, but that's only a portion of the game. So sure. you kind of balance what do you really take into consideration here. So a lot to get into here from Lambeau. Let, let's just a few quick things before we get into that. As always, I appreciate it if you're listening, but you should really be subscribed. Hopefully you are. Hopefully you're listening to this in, in iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, Google Play, or Spreaker. If you're not, you can go get us in all those places. So go subscribe in iTunes. And when you do, leave a review. I've been reading the reviews. I really appreciate all of them. I've been liking the comments. The reviews are slowly getting up there, trying to get to that five. And if you're listening in YouTube, which a lot of you are, I'm surprised how many people sit there and listen to stuff in YouTube. But if you are doing that, go ahead and give us a like or a thumbs up on that. We would really appreciate that. We're trying to grow this thing. And, you know, the more we grow it, the more people we can have on and all those things. So, you know, if you missed any of the episodes last week, we had Marcus Johnson on, which was good. And then we jailed Mills a little bit ago. And we're bringing this to you every three days. So thanks, everybody, for the initial support um, and the reviews and all that. So now that that's out the way, let's get into it. So before we get into specific players, what was just your instant snap? takeaway from this like what, what was your gut reaction to, to, to what you saw tonight gut reaction Elliot it was all about Carson Wentz mm -hmm. and just like this entire season is all about Carson Wentz and his continued development and his improvement tonight he showed all of those things that the Eagles were hoping that he would come into yeah. this season ready to show them he had improved footwork he had improved pocket presence that touchdown to Mac Hollins that showed it right there where yeah. he avoided the pass rush stepped over the defender delivered the ball right on target and even though he was only in there for one series that's all you really needed to see out of Wentz and I think that you if you watch the this game, whether you stuck it out to the end or whether you turned it off after the first quarter, if you're an Eagles fan, you have to come away encouraged by what you saw out of and the And the thing I liked most about that was I'm not going to sit here and pretend to be a quarterback guru, a quarterback coach, but to me, one thing I think a quarterback has to do to succeed in the NFL is keep his eyes down the field even when the pressure's coming. Quarterbacks that you see struggle are ones that as soon as something goes wrong, they stop looking down the field. They'll scramble. They'll try to roll out. And then once you take your eyes off down the field, it's hard to look back up and process everything yep. that's happening. Wentz does an excellent job of that. And just like you said, that's what you saw in that play. He's got a defender basically hanging off of his foot. He's avoided him. And there's a picture of it that I tweeted. And you can see, even as a guy's holding onto his foot, his eyes are down the field. So he delivered a great pass. And to me, I mean, outside of just that play, one thing that really stood out about Wentz is his accuracy. Yep. So I've, I've, I've been tracking the training camp stats, which some people mock me for on Twitter. But here, here's why it's useful. He threw, he's thrown 185 passes in training camp, and now that he's thrown four passes tonight, he's thrown 189 passes. He's completed 70% of those passes. And I think you would agree, watching practice, 
these aren't dink and dunk passes. He's not just dinking and dunking in four or five yards. Would you agree he's really kind of airing it out, especially in practice? No, he's been on point. He's been mm-hmm. on target this entire summer. And even though there might be some practices where you think, well, he wasn't quite as sharp as the day before, it's those highlight type of practices and the highlight real type of throws that we saw tonight. Just go back to that practice at Lincoln Financial Field. It was yeah. a pass over the middle to Trey Burton between three defenders and Wentz threaded the needle and Burton hauled it in. Tonight there was the Mac Hollins catch, the very play before that on a fourth down when the Eagles went for it, Wentz had to again evade pressure that was coming from the right side. One of the Packers defensive linemen beat Chance Warmack and Wentz stood in the pocket, stepped up, delivered a ball right on the money to Jordan Matthews. And it's those type of throws that last year, he might have gotten a sack there. He might have thrown it above Matthews' I was going to say, or there. simply there above the player's head. Right. He's, right. he's simply more accurate. He looks more confident in his own game, as you said, in terms of airing the ball out. But he's not just airing it out for the sake of airing it out, which he did a lot of last year. That Mac Hollins play, that, that was a 15-yard pass over the middle that Hollins did the rest of the work on. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like he had to air it out to him. But what, what I liked tonight was the improved presence in the pocket. Because last year, when Lane Johnson was out in particular, you saw him get a little bit of happy feet out there. You saw some balls sail over the head that led to interceptions over the middle of the field. You didn't see any of that tonight, even though he did face a pretty constant pass rush. The thing about Wentz is, I think last year, the takeaways from last year were kind of, okay, he needs to work on his footwork and his accuracy. That was like the two things in his, his mechanics overall. Those are kind of the two takeaways. But I think sometimes because Wentz came into the league with such a reputation of having a good football mind and being able to process the playbook, being able to process what's in front of him, sometimes we don't take a step back and realize he's only played 16 games in the NFL. Sure. I mean, we talk about C.J. Smith. We talk about these other rookies, and the coaches will say – the game's starting to slow down for them a little bit. They say that especially with CJ, who didn't even play a ton last year. But I think with Wentz, sometimes we overlook the fact that one of the advantages he's going to have this year is just outside, even just outside of his accuracy. I think you saw a little bit tonight. He's going to be much calmer out there. I mean, he had a lot thrown on his plate last year, thrown into, uh, you know, being a starter in week one. All of a sudden, they're three and zero. He's, you know, the talk of the NFL. And he goes through the downside of the middle. He goes through the downswing of the middle of the season. He comes back up. He had. He really went through a lot. I, let's not forget that even before he got drafted by the Eagles, he had his pro day. Yep. He had the Senior Bowl week where he had a, a week's worth of throws in practice and a half of the game there. Mm-hmm. He threw with the combine. He threw a lot of passes on top of setting the franchise rookie mark for passing attempts last right. year. Going into this offseason, we were there at the Super Bowl. He said that he took a month off, didn't even pick up the football. Right. Goes in, works with a passing guru comes back and after I spoke with John DeFilippo the quarterback coach last week he said that everything that we wanted him to do in this offseason you're seeing it translate the the ball placement is higher in his throwing motion the footwork is quieter in the pocket and he just seems to be building positive practice and positive practice and positive practice one on top of the other and tonight even though it was just four passes I think you saw the payoff of all of that and I think if you're the Eagles you have to be pretty encouraged by what you saw yeah and that DeFilippo thing that was NJ.com exclusive. So if you haven't read that yet, go check it out. I thought what he had to say was pretty good. And what you saw and what he did say about, you know, building and building, I think you did see that tonight. So before we get into some other players, this might be slightly off topic, but I feel like it's maybe appropriate seeing as how he played. So in 2015, um, you know, the Eagles come in here. They play really well. Bradford does great. And after that discussion, it was Super Bowl. I mean, yep. there were literally the Super Bowls. Their Super Bowl odds went up after that. I don't think that's going to happen with the Eagles off of this just because that was a third preseason game and Bradford played more. Wentz only played a series. But my question is, off of tonight, 
I guess just Wentz. Let's not talk about the team overall, but just off tonight. Sure. What do, you, do have, have your expectations for this season changed based off the limited snaps you saw out of Wentz tonight? Well, we talked about this on the last podcast, and we talked about my expectations for Wentz, and you know, my standard was pretty high. I, I thought uh-huh. that he should approach somewhere between 30 and 32 touchdowns, and, and really limit the interceptions to hopefully somewhere under 20. And you know, you thought that that might be a little bit too lofty a standard, yeah. and we'll see how it plays out. But I think off of what I saw tonight, I feel even better about his chances of getting there. Again, only four passes. You don't want to overreact. You don't want to make too much of it. But no Alshon Jeffrey. Didn't target Torrey Smith, I don't believe. And Mac Hollins was one of the starting receivers out there. So the fact that he didn't even have his best supporting cast around him and he looked that impressive – that really stood out to me. And that's why I think that while my expectations might not have changed, I didn't see anything that would make me lower what I thought that he was capable of doing yeah. this year. And the thing about the 32 touchdowns is, I, I think maybe I did a bad job explaining myself. What I was trying to say was, it's not that I don't think he could accomplish that. I think it's a it's unfair to hold him to that standard. Sure. So if yep. me and you sit here in a year and he doesn't have 32 touchdowns, I think he could still have a good year. I agree. I'm okay. not saying it would be a disappointment if right. he doesn't throw 32. But you look at the supporting cast and you look at the improvements – if you want to talk about that quote-unquote monumental leap, yeah, that's a monumental leap. Oh, for sure, yeah. But I, I think tonight, you know, like, I put so much stock in the quarterback position. So all those years when the Eagles didn't have one, I really didn't look anywhere else in the football because I said, if you don't have a quarterback, it doesn't matter. And now that they have a quarterback, I'm not saying tonight changed my opinion, but I do think what I've seen in training camp with tonight, and who knows, I mean, they still have three preseason games to play, but... The fact that Wentz looks like he could be so good really does change the outlook of this whole team. I mean, we have debated on here about how he's offseason, what he did, what he didn't do. We've debated about Alshon. We've debated all about all those things. The reality is Carson Wentz, maybe he doesn't reach that potential this year, but he has the potential to be good enough to really make those things not matter as much. I think that's what you saw tonight. I mean, the drive that they went on was not an especially pretty one. It was 10 plays, six running plays. They had one called back. I didn't think LeGarrette Blunt looked very good. I didn't think any of the running backs looked good. And no. I wrote about this in my instant observations after the game, Elliot, that you know we talk about Wentz, and we're encouraged by Wentz, and that's on the positive side of the ledger. One of the negatives that I don't think anybody, ourselves included, have made enough of over this offseason in the last couple of weeks I think they're in some trouble at running back yeah. because I know Darren Sproles didn't play tonight and he's the ultimate X factor, but Darren Sproles isn't a guy who's going to carry the ball 20 times or touch the ball 25 times per game. But Garrett Blunt looks slow to the outside. He had a, a, a run to off right tackle where he got stopped for a five-yard loss. He had one run up the middle from the shotgun position where he gained six or seven yards, but didn't look particularly shifty even there. Mm-hmm. And I've had some high hopes and high expectations for Denel Pumphrey. And again, he's a rookie. He's a fifth-round pick. You don't want to get too crazy about it. But tonight, I, I didn't see that explosiveness, and I didn't think that he had a particularly sharp performance, averaging one and a half yards per carry and only a couple yards more than that per catch. Yeah, I mean, Wendell Smallwood not playing tonight was not a good thing for him because as good as he's played in training camp, last year he had moments, but he had yeah. trouble staying healthy. Now. The good thing that happened for him is Corey Clement didn't do very much to to push, you know, to make that more of a battle. I still think Smallwood has a pretty good lock on the fourth uh, running back spot, but Clement not having a game, good game certainly doesn't help. Um, one player I want to talk about briefly before we get into Jordan Matthews is uh, Matt Collins. I don't, I'm not sure how much there is to say about him because it was the one catch, but Collins is kind of a wild card because when he comes out of UNC, he's kind of viewed as just a special teams guy. That was kind of the, the you know, his why he was drafted, I guess. Um, 
but he's looked good in camp. Uh, he looked really good in the rookie mini camp, and then not the rookie mini camp, the rookie portion of training camp. When the vets came in, his reps went down a little bit, and he didn't get as much action, so he didn't stand out as much. But I mean, in camp, Wentz has targeted him targeted him nine times, and he's caught six of those passes. And then tonight, obviously, he had the big touchdown. Yep. Um, what he showed tonight, though, I think after that catch, is he's a big guy. Like he averaged almost 21 yards a catch in uh, college. His touchdown tonight was 36. When he gets going, he's tough to bring down. I mean, you broke two tackles there. How big of an impact do you think he can have on the receiver position, or do you think he's going to end up just kind of being fill-in here and there, and maybe 2018 is when we really look at him as more of an impact? Oh, guy? I think he has a real impact this year. I think okay. he's going to be a special teams dynamo. He's a four-core special teams performer. So he's going to be and, active on game day. Right. I think he'll be active on game day almost without question. And what I like about Hollins is – I think his game might translate best to the slot, like we saw a little bit tonight. Mm -hmm. But he has the intangibles and he has the measurables to perform on the outside. Yeah. So I think he's the type of guy, and Nelson Aguilar is kind of similar to this, but he's a guy that you can put in the slot, you can throw out there in four wide. If you want to get some speed on the field where you have, let's say, Sproles and Pumphrey in the backfield, and you go three wide and you throw out Torrey Smith, Mac Hollins, and either Aguilar or Alshon Jeffrey, just to get that real speed package, yeah. I think he can get on the field and play on the outside in those situations. So I think that Hollins is a guy alongside Derek Barnett, who maybe even Rasul Douglas, depending on how the cornerback position resolves itself. But Hollins is a guy, one of their rookies, one of their draft picks, that I think could have an immediate impact this year. And, I mean, I think I, I'm not down on Hollins at all. I think this, I just think that the chance of having a big impact this season is going to be a little difficult on offense, just because. I think it depends a lot on Alshon. If Alshon is in and out of the lineup and doesn't have a big year, you could see that out of Hollins. But yeah. I think they're going to – I mean, you look at the guys in front of him. Alshon's going to play. Torrey Smith I don't think is definitely going to play, but he's right. going to be given every shot. Aguilar is going to play a lot. And if Matthews is here, he's going to play. It's tough to get five receivers a lot of snaps. but You can rotate them. And I yeah. think ultimately – the Eagles' future, I don't believe, unless Alshon Jeffrey doesn't play this year. Alshon Jeffrey plays right. five games and catches 300 yards and one touchdown. He's going to be back, or they're going to make a concerted effort to bring him back. I honestly think there's a chance that Matt Collins could become the ultimate replacement for Jordan Matthews. Or Torrey Smith. Yeah, I mean, both I those, can see both that those either spots way. in 2018 should be open. So speaking of receivers, um, Jordan Matthews versus – you mentioned Aguilar a little bit ago. We brought up Matthews. Uh, of Wentz's, to me, this game really showed why, well, two things. One, to me, it showed why you don't trade Jordan Matthews. And two, it showed why you certainly don't hand Nelson Aguilar the, the slot roll over Matthews. And let me, let me say why I feel that way. First is, you know, we've talked so much on this podcast about how really it is about Carson Wentz. And you've said it even since the beginning of the, since the offseason, this whole offseason was about building around Wentz. Yep. Went through four passes tonight. Three of them went to Jordan Matthews. One was on a big third down, and one was on fourth down. This guy is such a security blanket for Wentz that I just think if you get rid of him, if he doesn't play tonight, the Eagles don't score on that opening drive. But he does play, and so they go down there. And when, when you look at – which is real quick. When you look at Aguilar, tonight is a perfect example of why – you can't be too high on him yet. I wrote he was the best wide receiver at OTs and minicamp. So I'm not sitting here saying people that were high on him were being foolish. I'm just saying tonight showed why you can be high on him in practice, but he's got to bring it into a game. I mean, he has one pass thrown at him. It was a little high, but it hits right off the hands and he drops it. Yeah. It's such a mental thing with him that I'm just, I would be so hesitant to move on from Jordan Matthews, especially with what you see tonight. No, I agree. And, and we've talked before, and every time this comes up, 
I always stress that I'd be open to trading Jordan Matthews, but I'm not doing it unless Nelson Aguilar shows you he's ready to take on that role. And, and tonight, and I took a lot of heat for this on Twitter the other day, but I said the other day during practice when Nelson had two drops, one of them bounced off his shoulder pads in the end zone mm-hmm. after a really disappointing performance the previous day at the link. And you saw it tonight. He had another drop pass on the two-point conversion attempt where it bounced off his hands. I said that he regressed yeah. because, as you said, and I've talked about it and I've written about it as well, he was one of, if not the best all-around performers during OTAs in the first part of training camp, but he hasn't been that player over mm-hmm. the last week or so. But and my, I think tonight was what kind of gives you reason to be hesitant. So my question to you is, can he show you enough in training camp? Like, let's say, let's say he has really, he's really good um, against the Bills next week, and then he's really good against the Dolphins. Like, with... I just think if someone comes knocking and offers me a third round pick for Jordan Matthews or a second round pick, which likely won't happen. Yeah. But if you can get a third round pick or so for Jordan, I'd probably take it if Aguilar shows you what we're thinking that he can show you or what you would need to see from him. Outside of that. The Eagles are probably going to take a second round pick, even if Nelson Aguilar sure, no, breaks both his legs. I mean, that's a I little mean, bit yeah. of hyperbole, but <laughs> yeah. a third round or somewhere in that range, if right. Nelson is stepping up like he did in OTAs and that's translating to the games, then I think that they would jump on the move. Yeah, I just think tonight, you know, we debated this on the last podcast about, you know, Daniel Jeremiah, and I'm not doubting him at all, but Daniel Jeremiah saying Nelson Aguilar is going to be the slot receiver. Tonight, it just, it just really showed why, why the idea of that. It's very out there because I just don't think you can replace what Matthews does with Aguilar. So we've gotten a lot into the offense. Let's talk about the defense a little yep. bit. Um, I know you were watching the defensive side of the ball especially close. I was kind of on Wentz duty tonight. Um, so I have, I have a few guys that stuck out to me, but why don't you start with what you thought you saw out of the first-team offense yeah, or uh, defense? I, I think, Elliot, one quarter of preseason isn't going to assuage all of the doubts and the concerns you have about the cornerback spot, but I thought the corners played relatively well. Jalen Mills had a tackle on the first play of the game. Patrick Robinson recovered a fumble, had a pass breakup on the first pass that he was targeted on. So you still want to see more consistency out of the quarterbacks, and it wasn't Aaron Rodgers, it was Brent Hundley. Right. But... but you know, this could have been disastrous based on what we saw out of Patrick Robinson and the amount of deep balls and big plays he's given up in practice. This could have been a disaster tonight, and it wasn't. So I'm mm-hmm. a little bit encouraged about that. I really like what I saw out of Derek Barnett. Let's wait on Derek Barnett because I have a few things I want to say about sure. the first team defense because I know you have a lot to say Barnett, sure. about Barnett. But the cornerback situation was yeah. one that really – that if you want to ask me outside of Barnett and you just want to say what's your biggest takeaway from the first team defense, it's that the corners – answered the call tonight after a really disappointing game. Yeah, and I, I think judging the offense versus the defense is a little different because on the offense, you have so much young talent there where you can really say, okay, we haven't seen a ton. Of, I mean, I know we've seen a season of them, but we haven't seen a ton of Wentz. We haven't seen a ton of Hollands. Right. So I think on the offense, you can learn a little more. With the defense, in my opinion, they're not really a young team, and they have a lot of veterans. So it's tough for me to take what I see tonight and really have it change my mind. But what I will say is one thing I thought was encouraging was the uh, – Forced fumble by Fletcher Cox. Just because yep, last year, I was probably the most critical of him among the Eagles beat writers in terms of just, I didn't think he played well enough last year. I thought he cost him more games with penalties than he won them with his play. So for me to see him get that turnover tonight, that was what I was critical of him last year. He didn't make enough big plays. He started the season off high, but overall, he, in my opinion, he did not make enough plays last season to warrant that big deal they gave him. Now, a forced fumble in a preseason, first preseason game isn't going to change that, but I just think seeing that tonight was a good sign for him because that's what he needs to do this year. He needs to make plays. He needs to be a difference maker on the defense. 
So I thought that was very encouraging. One so, other guy I thought really jumped off the page was Brandon Graham. And, uh-huh. and it, it's not going to really you know jump off the stat page, but he had a nice stop in the run game where he set the edge and he got a tackle for loss for a three-yard loss in the backfield. Just exploded off the line of scrimmage to get back there. And everybody talks about his pass rush numbers and the hurries that he creates and the pressure that he puts on quarterbacks. I don't think that somebody like Brandon Graham gets enough credit for how good he is against the run and how good he is setting yeah, the edge. And, and real quick, since you brought him up, let's talk very briefly because there's a lot from the game to get into. Sure. But uh, let's talk about the contract. Um, it's not a new contract, but the Eagles tweaked his contract a little bit. They basically, this is per ESPN, basically they gave him the ability to earn a million and a half in incentives yep. over the next two years. So just very briefly, my take on that is I think, I don't want to say it's a complete joke, but the numbers on that were basically whereas he has to get over, basically he would have to get 12 sacks next year in order to reach that full million and a half. So he's not getting that million and a half dollars. I don't think that the deal does anything to change the fact that I think Graham and the Eagles are headed towards a contract stare down next offseason. Oh, I agree. And I think that this has been in the making ever since the Vinnie Curry deal Uh because Vinnie Curry's production doesn't hold a candle to what Brandon Graham has done and Brandon Graham's value to this. So I think that if I'm Brandon Graham and I see them giving out that deal, I'm scratching my head a little bit. And I feel good about Fletcher Cox getting his money and his value that he brings to the team. But that's another guy that the Eagles cashed up and Graham is sort of, you know, waiting in the wings. And if he has a big year, then I think you're absolutely right. There's going to be a stare down and there's going to be a contract situation come this offseason. And the guy that really has a lot to do with this that we've been waiting to talk about had a great game tonight, Derek Barnett. Because that's the guy that eventually is probably going to replace Graham. He's he's practicing behind Graham um, on that side of the ball. So they are practicing him there. What did you see out of, uh, out of uh, Barnett tonight? Yeah, I thought that what we saw tonight, he showed explosiveness off the line of scrimmage on the sack, and that's kind of what he's known for. That's what his teammates have been praising him for. But it wasn't his go-to move. It wasn't that big right. bend that he has coming off the line of scrimmage where he has that flexibility to get by the tackle. He fought him off with his hands, and that's mm-hmm. something that I know that he's been working with. I've talked to him about this a couple of times, and I've written about it on the site, that he's talked to Jason Peters about, about developing that secondary pass rush move, yeah. and I think he unveiled it tonight against Spriggs, who was a second-round pick and played 16 games last year, and he got a sack, and yeah. he got a second sack later on in the game, two sacks in the first half, was in the backfield pressuring you know, Hundley and then Callahan after that, and while I don't think the Eagles are in any hurry to rush him, I think that he showed tonight that he is worthy of you know significant snaps with the first team and a big spot in that yeah. rotation at defensive end. So what I saw from Barnett tonight was kind of what I expected and what you should have seen out of him. He was playing backups in the regular season. When he gets in there, in theory, he won't be playing backups. Now the tackle position in the NFL is not a strong one. So I'm not saying he's going to be going against all pros every week, but Derek Barnett was a 14th overall pick in the draft. He came in, he played backups and he should, he dominated. And I thought he looked really good. And like you said, the thing that looked good was the fact that he wasn't just running by these guys. Because right. an issue I had with him coming out of Tennessee was he's not the biggest guy. He's not the most athletic guy. So for him to be basically be able to bull rush his way into those sacks, I thought was very encouraging. Now, for me, what I want to see is, and we're not going to see this till the regular season, and it's going to be five, six weeks. I want to see him do this against guys that's not that, that aren't playing in the second quarter of the first preseason game because that's what he's ultimately going to have to do. Now, you can only face who you go up against, but I thought what he did tonight – 
was the best he could have done given the situation he was oh, in. Oh, I agree. And you just think back to the not-so-distant past with this organization when he used a first-round pick on Marcus Smith. Yep, and he that's never true. And he never showed you that he was worthy of that pick. And I think even though it's the preseason, Derek Burnett showed you why he was chosen 14th overall tonight. And it's going to be really interesting to see next week in the second preseason game against the Bills, does he get some first-team snaps? How do mm-hmm. they rotate Chris Long and Vinnie Curry and those guys opposite Brandon Graham? Is he lining up, backing up Graham and going up against a left tackle, or is he going up against right tackles? So I think tonight he showed the coaching staff, listen – I'm worthy of a role on this team. Let's see what I can do the rest and of the And if game. I were the Eagles, I would give him a lot of first-team snaps in the preseason. I don't really think Graham needs him as much. Curry kind of because he, he was a little injured last year and didn't play great. Yeah. But I think Barnett's a guy that you want to – he's not going to be playing, you know, 50% of the snaps in the regular season. So I want to see him out there against he first – Maybe. He might. I mean, he if, might, yeah, if he plays well. If he plays well and, and Vinnie Curry doesn't, I don't know that Chris Long is a guy that's going to take 25% right. of the snaps. And they have every incentive to have him out there because Howie and Joe, Joe Douglas, need this pick to, to hit. Yep. I mean, this is their first pick they've made together. Howie doesn't have a great tra- track record with drafting. So, yeah, Barnett was definitely uh, an a encouraging sign tonight. So going off of that, let's talk I – mean, we talked about all the main uh, characters from tonight's game, but who were some guys you thought maybe a little lesser known – Stock up, stock down. Who do you think helped himself? I'll start. One guy I thought hurt themselves tonight was C.J. Smith. Um, he Big let time. Up, yeah, he let up that long touchdown to Janaris Jenkins. Um, he just looked slow on the play, and he lost at the beginning of the snap. So he's a guy that I've talked about on this podcast and I've written about that I think has really should be pushing for that starting job with Patrick Robinson. Did not play well tonight. So Agreed. after having such a strong preseason last year, I mean, he must have been disappointed with how he played tonight. Who are some guys you thought either hurt or helped himself? I thought Chance Warmack hurt himself tonight because mm-hmm. he started out playing right guard alongside Lane Johnson, gave up a sack on Carson Wentz, and then he gave up at least two more hurries in the second quarter when he moved over to left guard on Matt McGloin. So I don't think that Chance Warmack really did himself any favors. And I know the Eagles aren't as deep there, you know, interior part of the line after trading away Alan Barber, but there was opportunity there. He started tonight in place of, of Ron Bro- of, of Brandon Brooks. Mm-hmm. I didn't think he played all too well tonight. So that, no. that was a big loss for Chance Warmack. And on the positive side of the ledger, I know the numbers weren't that great, but I thought if you just took the numbers off their back and you watched Garrett Blunt and you watched Corey Clement, I thought Corey Clement was the better of the two running backs. Tonight. Okay. All right. I, I thought Clement looked okay. He dropped the ball on an easy third down, which was a little discouraging considering he's had a tough job. He, he's not known for someone that's going to catch the ball. Right. I agree he looked better than Blunt, though. I did not think Blunt looked good. One guy who I think really helped himself tonight and really has done nothing but help themselves is Bryce Treggs. Um, last year, didn't have a good year at all. I think only three catches. He is. I think he's been really good. He's caught everything thrown his way in practice tonight. I mean, if you if you're a speed receiver in the NFL, you will have a job in this league. And tonight he had that. I think it was 38 or 40 yard catch down the sideline, and that's what he can do. He can. He should be able to beat teams down the field. I thought even just tonight alone was enough to probably land him on another roster if the Eagles don't keep him. But the question is, will they keep him? I mean, they're pretty locked into the five. Marcus Johnson not playing tonight is not a no, good thing. No, and I thought Shelton Gibson was disappointing. He had a ball bounce off his hands that wound yep. up being intercepted. And I know that he's a guy you talked about really needing to step up. And and I just get the sense that he's dropped so many passes in individual drills. He's looked 
so out of sorts in terms of his confidence and just mm-hmm. catching the football. He needed to have a big game tonight, and he didn't. He dropped another pass that turned out to be a turnover. So I think Gibson hurt himself, and that could leave the door cracked open for somebody like Bryce Treggs, who might be one of the two fastest players on this roster. Yeah, and I mean, I'm I'm just saying, like, I don't think Marcus Johnson's spots is locked up as everybody thinks. If he doesn't stay healthy and he doesn't play, now I know they sat him out for precautionary reasons tonight, which could be a good sign, but... Bryce Triggs does have that elite speed. Now, I think the Eagles have soured on him a little personally just from last year. Not the fact Doyle Green Beckham's not here anymore, I think, helps him. Maybe kind of gets his stuff together. Sure. But but I just I think that six wide receiver spot's a little more open than people think. So the, other, the last thing I want to talk about um, before we wrap this up is the Alshon thing. So Alshon doesn't – it feels like – what do you even say about Alshon at this point? He doesn't practice in any team settings. He warms up today on the field. We were both there watching him warm up. He looked fine. Yep. I mean, would you agree? I don't think he, you know, it's hard to show the impact of a shoulder injury, but he looks fine out there. He's got all the pads on, helmet. He's running all the drills. Yep. Then he doesn't play. And we both talked to him after the game, and he told me, first I asked him, you know, is your shoulder still an issue or was this just rest? And he looked at me and, and was pretty frustrated. He mm-hmm. goes, what do you think? Yeah. And I said, well, I wasn't in the room. I'm not you. I'm not Doug. He goes, what did Doug say? And I said, I've been waiting to talk to you. I wasn't in on Doug. Right. And he said, it's just rest, man. So yeah. I think, you know, listen, you want to see Alshon Jeffrey out there to develop some chemistry and timing with Carson Wentz. But you look across the field, Aaron Rodgers doesn't play tonight. Jordy Nelson doesn't play tonight. The teams rest their veterans early in the preseason. And I'm not going to, you know, worry too much about Alshon Jeffrey sitting out a game on August 10th so long as come week four, week five, he's the Alshon Jeffrey that you remember from Chicago. And that's, see, my thing with Alshon is just I've never questioned his skill. I think he's very skilled. But this is my issue with Alshon. It's like it's always something. You know, he's suspended. He's injured. You know, I talked to him. He's the type of guy you got to have people, a couple people loop around to get a few right. answers out of him. I talked to him today, and he goes, I hate the preseason. I didn't really play when I was in Chicago. It's like, come on, man. Like, you just signed this big deal. You're supposed to be getting on the same page with Wentz. And I'm not saying this is potentially going to impact him from not having a big year. But it's just, where's the positive with Alshon? Where's the positive been since he's gotten here outside of a few nice catches in minicamp? So I'm not saying he should have played 30 snaps tonight. I'm, I'm just saying. This is what you get with a veteran mercenary you you wide receiver You couldn't roll him deal. out there for four or five snaps with the first team offense. I just think, like, at a certain point, they got to play him. May, you know, maybe, maybe. I'm maybe I'm overestimating how late it is, but they got two more preseason games because nobody's playing in the fourth. The practices are they slow down from here yep. on out. Yep. You know what I mean? Like three not times. Not strapping the pads on anymore. Nope, they're not. So a good portion of training camp is over, even though preseason's just begun. And Alshon again, I you know I'll, I'll say the stat till I'm blue in the face. Wentz is now throwing 189 passes and seven on seven, 11 on 11, and the preseason game tonight, six have gone towards Alshon. So we'll see. Again, I'm not questioning Alshon's skill. I'm just saying, again, it's just always It's August something. 10th, about to be August 11th. Yep. I, again, I, I don't th- if this was Bryce Treggs or Paul Turner or Marcus Johnson, I'd be more concerned about him not playing in the preseason or sitting out. Uh, guy's a veteran. He's a five-year vet, two years over 1,100 yards. He's a number one receiver. I'm going to withhold judgment on Alshon until September and beyond. And the excuses continue. So, <laughs> <laughs> so before we wrap this up, just really quickly, let's keep it, you know, 30 seconds each. Just 
Are you feeling better about this team or worse about this team after tonight? About the same. Okay. Uh, you know, I'm more encouraged about Carson Wentz simply because he seems to have taken the next step that you wanted him to see. But there are still a lot of questions like cornerback and running back that need to be addressed if this team is going to be a legitimate playoff contender. For me, I feel better because every time Wentz looks like the real thing to me, I feel better about the team. Because if, they, if Wentz is the real deal this year and he does get close to those 32 touchdowns like you were saying, this is a playoff team. Flat. I mean, just yep. plain and simple. So, all right, we're going to have to get out of here at Lambo. They're starting to shut the lights down. we got to get out of here. But like I said at the beginning of the show, subscribe if you haven't yet. We're on iTunes. We're on Stitcher. We're on SoundCloud. We're on iHeartRadio, Google Play, and Spreaker. And once you subscribe, please leave those reviews. I have, like I said, I really enjoy reading them. They're so, great, man. Yeah, they're great. I even like the one guy using emoji. Like, they're, they're doing good. So <laughs> go in there, leave us a review. And then if you're listening to this on YouTube, um, go ahead and give us a, a thumbs up on that. We'd really appreciate it. So one down. We'll probably have another one of these, I would say. Uh, Sometime before yeah, the Bills Monday. game. Oh, definitely before the Bills game. Probably Monday, I would say. So, all right, we got to get out of here. Matt, good catching up.